I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Get in my Beamer Benz or Bentley. Beamer Benz or Bentley. Beat it, I bet she let me. She been feeding since you met me. I'm the coolest shit, especially when I throw it on my Gretzky. Got my Mr. Westy so, to, to protect me, so respect me. I forgot about that line. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to the Black Guy Tips podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we're in the house for uh, a very special episode of the Black Guy Tips. Maybe dare i say one of the most uh anticipated episodes of all time yes we've been trying to get them all for years yeah literally for years uh it's 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 my man Corey erdman uh some of you guys uh up in uh you know the 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 northern part of the continent might know him as the uh uh co-host or host a host of fight network in canada and ringtv.com uh might know him from his youtube stuff uh but most of us probably know him from uh his work on the morning jones with bomani jones uh what's up Corey? how you doing man I'm, I'm doing well you know this is this is cool it's like everyone's everyone's growing up i've moved on to something else bo just signs the big contract and now <laughs> I, i'm on the other end you're interviewing me yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I will say that, um, I never really, uh, got interviewed on the show. I just felt like, uh, I was just a caller, uh, hanging out, man. And, uh, that was a good thing about the Morning Jones. It was like a family atmosphere. Yes. Yeah. It was, it, for me, it, it didn't even, it wasn't even work, I think, by the end. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it got to a point where, I, I wasn't so much waking up and preparing a show. I was just coming up with things to talk about with my friends. You know, it's in the beginning, obviously, when me and Bo were getting to know one another, it was kind of like a, you know, like a, a boss and an employee kind of relationship. But that that went away pretty quickly, you know. Yeah. And, how long do you think you how long did you work with Bo uh, before you met him? Because like, can you kind of explain the recording setup for the show for people that don't know or don't remember? Yeah, we uh, the first Morning Jones shows that we ever did were done live because the score flew Bo in so that he could do the first week or two weeks, I believe, from Canada. So the first time that we worked together, we were face to face and we had maybe had two or three conversations before that. And then we just went on and did it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's kind of what made the show interesting is that we literally got to know each other on the show you know it was it was everyone basically watched the progression of our friendship just go on and on and on as it as the show progressed and and that's i think what made it interesting that's what made for so many ridiculous moments and whatnot too yeah and then he went back down to durham and recorded the shows from durham but broadcast in canada on all over the internet um and uh hilarity ensued man yes it did um now i gotta ask man because i, I know as other fans of the show gotta be wondering man do you ever talk to sasha anymore absolutely yeah now here's the thing now sasha went on to become a school teacher <laughs> yeah. so because of that he can't be on twitter talking about being the king of the lesbians yes i understand yeah. he can't talk about getting drunk in hammond indiana <laughs> Uh, all of these things just are, have to be stricken from the public record when it comes to Sasha. So it looks like he's dropped off the face of the earth. He hasn't. He's doing well. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that was the thing. I heard he became a teacher. I was like, uh, that's like when you find out, um, like on the wire, when uh, my man got out of, out of prison and was like, you know what? I'm just gonna start this boxing uh, gym. Yeah, like, I'm not. 
i'm not even about to fuck with uh this crime anymore this this seems like a bad idea like that's how i feel about sasha he just went and started a boxing gym for little kids and uh he stayed out of the game so and you have to realize that for sasha sasha was so much older you know he was a guy that was you know approaching 40 and was in a position where he was you know, working the board at the at the radio station, right? Yeah. And he kind of, he found something with the Morning Jones and became a part of the show. But at some point, he was like, you know what, fuck this. I have two kids. Right. You know, am I just going to push these buttons my whole life, or do I want some security? You know, and right. and so he he didn't want to he didn't want to hustle. He didn't want to be part of the grind anymore. At some point, when you have kids, you have to make that decision to just be a grown up. Yeah. Yeah. And he always did come off as the grownest person on the show. Yes, he did. Uh, bar none. Like, just consistently say a grown man shit that would bring yes. us all, bring everybody back down to earth where you're like, oh, yeah, that is right. You're a grown man. I forgot. Um, <laughs> now, man, let's talk about some of your work with, uh, Fight Network in Canada, like, and ringtv.com. Uh, what, first of all, what do you do, um, at, at these places? Well, at the Fight Network, I'm the I'm the lead boxing analyst. So basically, I, I host any and all boxing program. I help get the boxing programming for the network. And you know, it was it was an offer that had been on the table for a little while uh, when I was at the Score. And then after the radio station shut down, I, I got into to TV over there. And um, you know, one day I was sitting around the office, and I went in, and like the I, I knew that things weren't going well, and I looked at the stock, and it had skyrocketed, and I was like, ah, I think someone's going to buy this motherfucker pretty soon. I better leave. And I was right. I, I left. I went to the Fight Network, and about three weeks later, Rogers just bought up the score. So um, anyway, so I went over to the Fight Network, and now that's just what I do. I just I talk on camera, and then on the side, I'm able to, to write for Ring TV and, and for Ring Magazine, and I travel a whole lot, you know, doing commentary on boxing matches, and it allows me to do everything, you know, all at once. Like this week, I basically sat at a resort in uh, in Quebec and sat around from Wednesday until Friday, called the fight, and then went back home. And that was my work week. It really wasn't too bad. Yeah, you cool. Can't, uh, you can't complain about that. It's got to be better than those uh, five a.m. wake ups uh, to to go to the score, right? Jesus Christ. No, it was, uh, yeah, these guys that wanted to fight me, you know, while walking to the streetcar. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> yeah, your adventures to work in the morning. I'd be like, holy shit, where does Corey live, man? Oh, no. I mean, luckily, like I said, as, as time went on and we had to prepare a little less, the 445 wake up turned into like, you know, 545 yeah. some days and we would just kind of roll in right on time. But in the beginning, it was 445 hard you know getting in there and for a while even after the show ended i could not get up at normal time i yeah. couldn't force myself to sleep in now i i absolutely can but it took like a good year to get off 445 time which is just disgusting don't ever do it did now did you um do you still live in the hood i haven't moved man i mean we, we just <laughs> Corey Gurman, keeping it real. Yes, because I was like, Corey has got to be in the hood. Because the stuff you was naming, I was like, I know I'm down south and I'm not in Canada, but those sound like characteristics of any yeah, hood anywhere. That was the best thing, the episode where Corey finds out he lives in the hood because uh he seemed to be in hood to now he was like no nah, yes. man it's, it's it's straight down there man you just you know i mean sometimes you gotta you know watch out when you're catching the bus make sure you're not alone but other than that you know uh just keep your doors locked make sure crackheads don't get in there but if you would look past the crackheads and the meth it's not too bad <laughs> it's like i was like Corey, you live in the hood man you live in the hood but 
things have slowed down a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. because there was a time when, as we were doing the Morning Jones, there was two or three different times when I had to duck police tape, you know, to get into my own apartment, you know. (laughs) Now... Go ahead, go ahead. Slow down, though. I mean, listen, we we just redid our kitchen yesterday. Basically, I just want to have a nice place in the same area. I don't want to move. Oh, no, you keep it real, man. You like Jay-Z moving his uh, mom, like, out the hood, but right up the block, you know? Exactly. Yeah, you know, I want to be close enough to the action. Uh, You know, I I, I still want all these, uh, I I want the stories, you know? That's, it's it's part of the fun. Oh, man. Now, um, the other thing I got to ask, too, because you became infamous for this, uh, you still drinking uh the the vodka out the big ass plastic bottles, man? You uh you upgraded to something nicer? No, absolutely not. When I go to the United States, I just out of principle, I have to buy the cheapest shit possible. And, and I I don't know. There were very few people that understood this in terms of the the listenership on the Morning Jones. But you have to understand, the cheapest bottle of vodka or any hard alcohol in Canada is twenty three dollars. The bottom shelf, bottom of wow. the barrel, Prince Igor. Is what I drink here here in Canada, $23. So when I go to the United States and I see shit like, you know, 5 o'clock or Popov or whatever, and it's five ninety nine, I I have to buy it. And I know people would say, well, why don't you just put the 23 on some Grey Goose or whatever. No, I want to spend 5 and I'll spend more on my salted snacks or more when I go to the bar or whatever. It's just a better allocation of money. Corey. I cannot believe you still living that right gut life, man. I can't believe it, man. You came up. You were, you got, you got like three jobs now. You, you gotta, you gotta step up, man, just for your own stomach's sake, man. Forget about the, the money, just your stomach. <laughs> I, I did it again last night. I got a bottle of Alberta Pure, which is the, you know, it's still on the bottom shelf, but it's twenty four dollars. And uh, you know, we we drank from like three o'clock until about three in the morning, and then I woke up to do your show. <laughs> they used uh, did you uh, use the leftover to thin out some paint um, <laughs> or start a car or something? Well, yeah, it might come in handy. I do have to paint the rest of my kitchen at some point. Today. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, um, let me introduce the show, man. Obviously, you guys listen to the Blackout Test Podcast, um, dot com. Um, make sure you guys check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic. Watch the live shows on Spreecast. We have fun. Um, you can also do stuff like donate, leave comments on the page, all the stuff from the blackouttest.com. Don't forget you can join our premium, uh, membership for people that want to pay to hear extra content and hear us talk to people and talk about sports and nerd shit, all this other stuff that we can't always cover on the show. Uh, check it out. We got, what is it? Two new episodes of shows now? No, three. three. Three, we did uh, Balls Deep Sports on Friday. Um, I had my man Rob from the Atypical Sports Show, and I also had uh, Ty Diamond. Um, then Saturday, um, Karen did her second ever Lip Smacking Good uh, podcast. She had Sonora Weathers. Karen, how do you think that interview went? How, 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 did, how did you go for your second time hosting ever? It went uh, smoothly. Uh it was one of those things where I was scared, still scared and nervous and still trying to get used to the driver's seat because I, I, like I said, I normally always sit in the background. So for me, this was like completely different. I'm getting more comfortable in my own skin as far as hosting. And I, I can tell it's, it's coming across. My interviewing skills are getting better and I'm actually loving it and enjoying it. And I'm looking forward to more interviews. Yeah. Yeah. We got some people coming up, man. And, uh, 
yesterday we also recorded the nerd off uh where we had scarfinger my man larry from uh prove your point podcast and open forums radio dot com and we had scott um aka nemesis prime uh who is the white dude on the nigga i play on easy podcast so that was uh that was awesome <laughs> part of a podcast you can't say the name of um but uh yeah man so we uh we had a good time talking nerd stuff um all right so uh the official weapon of the show is the taser unofficial sport is the bullet ball the bullet ball extreme um this podcast is sponsored is brought to you by shadow dog productions uh they just uploaded a new trailer for their tv series pilot dead room and they like everyone to check it out um i will put the link on the site i'm gonna put the link on facebook i'm gonna put the link everywhere if you're a fan of the show click like on this leave a comment you know put a thumbs up uh because it, it helps them out you know um when it comes to selling these pilots and stuff like this to uh to to tv stations you know because they're gonna say well how much interest have you generated and if they just see like two thumbs up and 20 views they're gonna be like fuck you we're not paying for that (laughs) so uh go click on this shit um if you like the video a thumbs up would be awesome but mostly we just want people to watch it let us know what they think the series will be shooting this summer and will be on local tv stations this fall so uh make sure you guys do that yeah and uh thanks to everybody that signed up for the premium account thing we uh hey hey cory i actually i'm hearing like an echo or something in the background um i'm still here it's just uh i don't know i'm not in a tunnel or anything i'm still here i don't know what it is it's like i hear my own voice or something you got hey do you have headphones uh at somewhere are you uh, gonna continue promoting something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. don't worry i got i got plenty i know how to talk bro i got you all right good all, all right. right give me a second all right so uh the series will be shooting this summer and be on local tv stations this fall and that's big for everybody because you know you get uh if the shout out productions gets on tv they get a bigger budget mm-hmm. that means they can support us more um and all you guys are listening to this because you guys want us to be you know support it so yeah you know go click like on this video it could be something that simple that changes everything yes and i want to also tell everybody thank you so much for the people that's doing the premium content it means so much we are literally keeping tallies uh probably sometimes this week roger could give like a update and, mm-hmm. and let everybody know where he stands we thank you for everybody pushing and uh promoting it. it it literally means the world to us yeah and it, it will be pretty big because um like i said uh if we get to 100 premium subscriptions i'm gonna get a tattoo on my arm and i've never wanted to get a tattoo before but i feel like this will be worth it and uh i'll keep you guys updated i'll put out a new blog post to let you guys know the progress but holy shit did it jump up this weekend like the shit is getting so close it's getting so close man like i woke up this morning and saw one like i like it's almost like it's it's catch 22 because i'm kind of excited like yeah people want to support the show people want to hear our extra content oh wait a minute i gotta get that tattoo so i'm just one closer every time uh but you know for those um you know who who, uh i have donated uh we went ahead and uh got a new dedicated server um Mm -hmm. like we started doing a monthly plan where we get a dedicated server just for that kind of stuff so you guys can now um check you know you guys can now have more reliability on the site so, it should yes. be a little bit faster yep uh because you know sometimes i would click on the site and it would be down and i was like what what the hell you know why is this happening but uh it hasn't done that since we got the dedicated server so hopefully uh it continues to go on man um yeah now uh cory's back so boom 
uh echo's gone too so we, we really strike yeah, yeah. good good and it, it, hey if i may interject yeah. everyone out there click on these likes because you don't know how depressing it is to do a show like we were doing and have no idea if anyone's listening because we didn't have any numbers whatsoever when we did satellite radio we just we didn't know and nobody wow. could be out there the, the only thing we had is when people you know when they clicked on the podcast, we had numbers, or people called and we knew they were there. But other than that, we could have been talking to the sky. So click those likes. It's it's a very, uh, very, very bleak existence to think that nobody's listening. Yes, exactly. Yes. We man. we definitely was listening. And I I have a question for you, Corey. Like, what did you think about like Rod when he was first calling into the Morning Jones and you guys' relationship? Because Rod came became uh, like a staple of the show. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, in the beginning, you know, Rod is Rod, and, and you know, he's going to take kind of shots at everyone, so absolutely, I thought Rod was a dick in the beginning, <laughs> um, you know, uh, because that was his job, but ultimately, we we were lost if Rod didn't show up, we didn't know what to do with the final segment, I mean, we knew that, that we were bringing the show home with that, and we could just, we could pack it in there, I could zip up my bag and take it home. I mean, if Rod didn't call in, it was uh, there were tough times in that final segment. We didn't know what to talk about. <laughs> yeah, man, that final segment could there could be a book written about that shit. The amount of stuff I had to go through to make sure that I was available all the time because I was at work and we would take like our break right then. And you know, like sometimes if like there was a interview or something that leaked over or. Uh, you guys had to go commercial break late. Like you guys don't know how close we we got to being like I'm not calling. Like you know where. So it was so many times it was almost like a fucking bank heist. I remember one time I snuck out of the office, and this is at my shitty job that like monitors like everything you do. So like I remember having to sneak out like I was using the bathroom. With there's like a stairwell right before you get to the bathroom. I like walk past my boss and instead of going into the bathroom i dip down the stairwell like run downstairs run out the back of the building and hop on the phone like in the corner and i'm like hey what's up guys uh uh i just want to say man y'all gotta stop talking about kobe Bryant because you know like it was just crazy man how much stuff i went through to make that call but it meant so much to be part of the show and um also that everybody could kind of take a joke man because uh Mm -hmm. I, I think the our Canadian brothers, you know, when we first when I first started calling, might have thought uh, that it was that I was being serious or like trying to like tr- fuck with them. But uh, oh. it was it was one of those things where like I, I fuck with them because we're friends and, yeah. and I treat them like family. And you know, I still fight on their behalf. Like anybody call up, they're trying to talk shit about Corey or Sasha or Bo, then uh, we riding on their ass. But hey, that's uh, truth. That was, yeah, that was fun, man. I, I had like 37 nicknames for Corey and Sasha when I first <laughs> called. <too. laughs> like, I would spend like, uh, like literally 10, 20 minutes every day coming up with what rap group name I was going to give Corey and Sasha, uh, every single day. It was just like, okay, I gotta, I gotta come up with something. I gotta come up with something when I call up there. I gotta, you know, but uh, it, you know, it all, but we always figure something out, man. So well, uh, let me, let me ask you, when you were doing that, did you ever think that you wanted to, to get into hosting like this or did, did that just come as it progressed? You kind of found that you had a knack for it. Um, no, I never really thought about it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not even sure we had the podcast the whole time that the morning Jones is on. I didn't. 
so um i i think uh i never really thought about it honestly man i I, listening to you guys talk is literally the closest i've been to when i was in college and i would just talk in the lunchroom yeah with my boys every day and we you know talk shit about what happened on sports center that day and like so i just felt naturally comforted like let me just call my boys it felt like i was calling my friend every day and going hey man y'all were talking about this thing but did you think about it from this angle which is even you know funnier and try to come up with a crazier funnier way to talk about some shit and uh it just felt good man so i never really thought about it that's why another reason i never went on there and was like hey what's up y'all blackoutist.com so uh everything going good blackoutist.com and uh you know make sure you guys keep it up uh blackoutist.com all right i'll talk to you guys later on podomatic uh itunes and stitcher you know <laughs> like a like a walking uh, mixtape, a DJ ski exclusive. <laughs> dot com. Yeah, because like occasionally, uh, like people would call Bo, and that would be their thing is like promoting their shit, and I'd be like, yeah. I would be so oh, mad. Me I'd, too. I'd be listening, like say something or do something, but don't just call up there being like, "Hey, man, check out my show, which is about sports, but it's uh from my perspective." I'm like, I, I didn't want to hear you. Yeah, I'm not listening to Bo to hear your like your shit, like. Say something about uh you know these internet hookups going wrong or something that he's talking about today. Let's yes. let's this party. Yes, and Corey, I think for me, and maybe this is just me. I can I'ma truly say I'm so glad you're on that because I miss y'all show so much because every time something major happen in sports, even if it's, it's something a sport I don't like, anytime something breaks, a scandal, the Knicks lost last night, I'd be like, damn it, if I knew Barnell was coming on Monday, it would be fucking epic if you know i constantly think like that and it's one of those things where i don't think you realize that even though y'all didn't always see the numbers i think because bo was interactive on twitter that's where uh, uh the bulk of the people like stream to listen live yeah and it was one of those things where on twitter we would go crazy like 7 a.m like Twitter would like light up. Everybody like the morning Jones, the morning Jones, the morning Jones. Like it would light up from like seven t- to whenever he went off the air. And it was one of those things where you guys bought so much joy, so much happiness, so much laughter. Um, you know, it was one of those things where we kind of got the family type thing from you guys because Bo welcomed them, welcomed any and everybody. You know, Bo welcomed Mike in Chicago, Chill, Toya, Brent, you know, Stacy in Brooklyn. Like he opened his arms to any and everybody. He was like, you know what? If you're willing to fuck with me, I'm willing to fuck with you. As long as you come over here and have a good time, we can make it happen. And we we kind of formed after that because we're like hey as long as you get it's nothing wrong because it's funny as long as you get we all about them jokes y'all you know we can ride and i want to tell you thank you for that and also something else i want to ask you Corey. why when i would call you are the happiest white man ever (laughs) every time i would call no matter how early in the morning or in the afternoon Corey would sound like he was listening while he was working every time i call i'm like damn it Corey sounds happy every single time i call well, you know, that's just because I was able, you know, uh, I was being accepted by black people, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I got my uh, street pass or whatever. No, is, is your experience with white people generally bad? Or are they usually miserable folks? No, it's it's not that. But, you know, you do the show so early in the morning that I know a lot of times people are sluggish and, they, you know, they're not as as bright and, and, and as bushy-tailed as you will always be and whatnot. And it was like talking to you would make me smile. I'm like, you know what? I, you know what? You make my day better, white man. Thank you, Corey. 
Well, listen, because I was generally happy that the that people were calling. You know, that was the it was a genuine appreciation that people would would call in and want to talk to us. And you know, it, it's funny that you bring up uh, that you still kind of think that the show is coming up in the morning because Bo and I still talk every single day. And when these stories come up. You know, there's always the Gmail chat window open, you know, a text will come in and it'll be like, man, I, I wish we had a radio show right now because oh, man. I guarantee you when the Charles Ramsey thing happened, Charles Ramsey would have been on the Morning Jones the very next day. Yes. If you him down, he absolutely would have been on. And there's so many things that have happened that we're just kicking ourselves that we, we couldn't talk about it in the morning. But yeah, I got to say. Maybe one day. I got to say one of the greatest things ever on the Morning Jones had to be the episode with the guy who was house squatting in Houston. Yes. yes. And literally a call, a person who listens to the show True. drove to the house and gave this man the phone just so he could be on the air with the morning Jones. Like that was amazing. Cause that's the kind of dedication the listeners had. And just the fact that that's the most improbable shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That was the most incredible radio moment that, that I've ever been a part of. And uh, I, I forget the gentleman's name that, uh, that ultimately found the guy squatting in the house, but he needs to get a Christmas card from yes. me every single year. And the best part of the story is that we get him on the phone and we're talking to him. And then, of course, we put him on the line with a pimp who says he's going to bring girls down <laughs> on a party bus and party in the, <laughs> in the open house. I mean, it just, you, you, couldn't make, you couldn't make that up. Well, for the record uh mike was the one who put him on the phone with the pimp you know mike is you know mike not, is not a pimp mike is mike not a pimp but he knows some some pimps and uh the pimp got on the phone was like yeah man i can get some girls down there you got a pool i'm like what this is awesome <laughs> we're on our way like that was one of those times where uh i think i was on the line right before that and was like okay uh bo, bo's like wait we got him on the line i was like hey we, i gotta go bo just just do it just do I'm it out. <laughs> um all right man so another thing man one of the reasons i actually got you on the show i was talking to Bo the other day and he said you had some chubby checker stories man like oh yes now for the record Corey, how old are you man tell everybody how old you are i'm 25 years old Corey is Corey's knowledge base is fucking ridiculous for a 25 year old like this, he makes me feel young with some of the stories he knows about old shit. He's like, oh yeah, man, most people don't know. Sugar Ray Robinson used to work at, uh, at Woolworths. And, uh, you know, he took a couple shifts off and, uh, that was actually, he fought his boss and that's how he got started. I'm like, how would you fucking know that? Like, you've never even seen a Woolworths. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Corey, so tell me, tell me what's up with these Chucky, uh, the, uh, Chubby Checker, uh, stories. All right. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start it off with this, that Chubby Checker, that guy at 80 years old, that motherfucker goes hard in the gym. Hard. Okay, so we were in, in Gatineau, Quebec, like I said. I was, uh, I was calling a, a boxing match on Friday, and Chubby Checker was actually playing in the casino on the same night as the boxing match. So he was there uh, the day before and hanging around the, the casino and the resort at the same time as me. So uh, I guess my broadcast colleague or whatever had some sort of connection to, to Chubby Checker, so we were going to get to meet him. But I, I go down to the gym, I, I go for a run, and then I go down, I'm just going to lift weights or, or do whatever, and there's Chubby Checker in some cargo pants, in a hooded sweatshirt, and he has his hood all the way up, not because he wants to hide who he is, because it's very obvious that it's still Chubby Checker, but because he is so into this. The Chubby Checker in this moment really thinks that he's Rocky Balboa. He is really sweating this out. And this 80-year-old dude, Chubby Checker, 
with an impeccable hairline, by the way, still yes. like 80 years old. Oh, he, yes. the, Juwan Howard is going to grow up to look like Chubby Checker. Uh, <laughs> he is in there just ripping off like 30 reps of what, you know, what must be like 50, 60 pounds on the bar. And then he goes, he does an hour on, on the bicycle. And this is, this is an 80 year old man. I mean, if normal people go to the gym and they're like, yeah, I had a really hard workout today if I did these things. This guy's 80 and he does this. <laughs> and I'm in there at the same time and, and we're talking a little bit. We're talking about boxing. And, you know, he, he, he turns to me. He's like, listen, one of the secrets, sometimes you just don't eat. You just put a little bit of toothpaste in your mouth. And you don't eat till the next day at six o'clock. <laughs> wow! <laughs> like, uh, all right, well, you know, thanks for the uh, thanks for the advice, Chubby. Chubby came up <laughs> on them hard times to even come up with that uh, strategy. Oh yeah. So you know, afterwards we uh, we I end up going to Chubby's hotel room and we're, we're talking about boxing and whatnot, and he's telling some stories about you know everyone from that era has a story about how they were the first to discover Muhammad Ali, and Chubby Checker is no different. He you know he claims. He met this kid when he was playing a show in in Louisville, Kentucky, and he told him, you know, I, I taught him how to run his mouth and whatever. Like this, whether or not it's true or not, I have I have absolutely no idea. But right. anyway, he has a Muhammad Ali story. He also has the uh, the story of how he met Evander Holyfield and was trying to teach him what to do with his money and how to save his money. That of course uh, didn't work out too well. Right. But the, the best part <laughs> of the, uh, the well, he must, not a, he must not he must not have listened. It, he must not yeah, listen. he must not listen. <laughs> the best part of the, of the meeting with Chubby Checker is, y- you know, you know, old people who are so disconnected from like modern reality. He's he's kind of one of them. Like obviously he's still he's still hip. He's still in the gym and whatnot. But we're, we're talking, you know, and I'm like, okay, how many days of the year are you on the road? It's like, oh, it's like uh, too many. But I have some inventions I'm working on though. Inven- oh. Inventions? I have some oh. inventions I'm working on, though. So okay. the first one, he's like, so I invented this water bottle. And he doesn't tell me what the water bottle is. He just kind of makes this twisting motion with, with his hand. And I'm like, so, so what do you mean? He's like, it's a water bottle, but it's twisted so that you can grip it better. And, you know, I'm just sitting in front of him like, uh, oh, you know, that that's, yeah, sounds like a great idea. Like, uh, who would have ever thought of that? All these, these, uh, water bottles with handles, but no, we just need to twist that fucker and that's, that's going to make it better. Hey man, he, 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 he's a man that made it, uh, on his ingenuity and invented the twist. So he's like, and, and purely on twisting, go and look right. at Chubby Checker's discography and whatnot. Every song is about twisting. <laughs> <laughs> Deluxe is the only thing he does. Now, the best one, though, the next one, he's like, and also, picture French fries, but different shapes. And I'm like, well, don't, don't, don't they already have, I'm not saying this, but like, don't they already have these? Like, the kids would love it. Just imagine, like, if you're out there and you have to choose between regular French fries or some French fries that are different shapes, they're shaped like dinosaurs, which one are you going to eat? You know, so I'm playing along. I'm like, absolutely. You know, I'm eating the dinosaurs. There's no question. I'm, why, why would I eat straight fries if, if I could do this? But Chubby really believed that this, uh, you know, this was going to make him some more money. So we'll see if the twisted water bottle takes off. Yeah, I, I believe that uh, twisted water bottle, twisted fries. Like, I now in my mind, you've in, in, uh, you created this character of Chubby of Chubby Checker that tells everybody that he invented something new but it's just him twisting regular shit it's just him twisting regular shit yeah so like (laughs) i said if you see some spiral water i pretty much i I think they already exist i'm pretty sure these already exist i I don't know how he could go to the copyright office and and get this taken care of but (laughs) oh 
and and he he made sure before I left that he gave me. I didn't. I'm not. I can't ask for autographs. You know, right. it just it, it seems kind of weird, especially in the position that I'm in. But no, he he made sure that he gave me an autograph CD. And of course, it's his new single. You know, he, ha- he has a new single out. I don't oh, know snap. if I have it anywhere near me. Right? Well, I would tell yeah, you yeah. what the name of the song is, but yeah, okay. he made sure that I left with some autographed goods. Well, I have uh, here uh, for people that don't know Chubby Check. I actually have uh, a couple songs from here. Uh, here is his uh, original hit, The Twist. I'll, I'll play some of that for you guys. Oh, let me turn the volume up a little bit. I got it, Karen. I got it. And go like this. And, uh... Who can forget his other hit single, uh, Let's Twist Again? Now I'll play oh, some shit, of that not again. Guys. Come on, everybody. Clap your hands. Remix. Oh, you're looking good. I'm going to sing my song. It won't take long. We're going to do the twist, and it goes like this. Come on, let's twist again. Like we did last summer. <laughs> like that last summer. Let's twist again. All right, and then uh, can't forget that time that he was with uh, the Fat Boys. A lot of people yes. don't know he uh, he rapped with the fa- he was with the Fat Boys, and uh, he, uh, you know I'll let you guys figure out the name of this one. on the disorderly soundtrack now uh now you would think i'd be done right at this point that's three songs about twists from different years uh but there's uh for the people that hey you want to get a little sexier you know you want maybe it's time to, to, to tell, look your lady and say hey baby let's meet in the bedroom and do some slow twisting so oh shit we didn't slow it down and everything yeah sometimes you got to slow it down slow slow the twist and uh that should be the last twist so oh wait a minute uh forgot about twist it up so let me play some twist it up for everybody shit twist it up you got twist it down too Ha, ha, ha. 
<laughs> oh wait, I forgot. There's also Twisting USA. Last song, I promise. Oh, Twisting USA. No, this is for the people that are more about like America and stuff like that. Like we are, you know, this is what for you being patriotic, you twist it up in the USA. Okay. So yeah, that is the twisting catalog. Uh, so for all you people that are, you know, wondering who Chubby Checker is now, um, you should I'll know. twist everything. Yeah. You see, the rappers can learn from this because you notice every rapper that comes out with like a dance song, it's always a one-hit wonder. It's, you mm-hmm. know, teach me how to Dougie and whatnot. All they needed to do was just keep following up with songs about doing the Dougie. That, yes. That's all they needed to do. Chubby Checker, he, he illustrates that very well. He slow, mastered that. I want to hear Slow Dougie, Dougie in the USA. Dougie it up, you know what I mean? Like somebody said, let's Dougie again. Yeah, let's Dougie again. Let's let's go. Why are you guys giving up so early in your careers? You could make fifty years of music off of one hit. Uh, Chubby Checker did it, and uh have some crazy, insane ideas that you tell young white dudes whenever you meet them, and then sign an autograph and uh give them your new single, which I bet has something to do with some twisting. <laughs> you know? it, it, it has to i didn't even look at it because i assumed that I, I, he's never made a song that doesn't have anything to do with twisting yeah it's probably like uh since 2013 it's probably like twisted on molly or twisting <laughs> <laughs> some shit um um all right man so we got some show stuff to cover here uh real quick man so let me uh get into this this is the first thing i gotta cover uh now Corey, i know you were uh, you're a huge boxing fan um did you hear about the uh, Floyd Mayweather's uh, girl apparently got caught creeping and then she put out a bunch of pictures of him and her together, um, like Floyd and her together? To, Whoa, to, when did this happen? Like oh, last night. Um, I was, well, see, that's what you get for the plastic bottle vodka. You know, I, <laughs> I wasn't able to keep up with that. Yeah, apparently uh, she got she got caught out there with like some people took some pictures of her with some other dude all booed up like Ice-T's wife. And um, she started releasing pictures of her and Floyd. Like, no, nah, we, you know, everything's fine. So, I don't know, man. Floyd, for people that don't know, Floyd got a history of uh, settling things with his fist at the house. So, hopefully, uh, oh, she she ends up being okay and uh, he doesn't do anything. Cause, uh, well, she, she's coming out with, like, a, a tell-all book. Because uh, she did an interview with it with a guy from Yahoo with Martin Rogers not too long ago. And it was, like, the day before... Uh, he was supposed to fight Robert Guerrero, but she said, "No, nah, you know, but I don't want to interfere with the with this fight. I don't want to, I don't want to, wouldn't ah. want to distract him. But I'll do this interview the day before the fight, of course." Um, but she made she made very clear that they have been intimate since the uh, since the incident, and since Floyd is now with uh, a new woman, but. Apparently Floyd can be with whoever he wants. If yeah. uh, I don't know if you watched the the documentary that he produced by himself uh, and narrated himself, but there's the scene where he's just like, yeah, you know, I, I think of women like cars. If I can afford the maintenance on all of them, why can't I have twenty women? And, <laughs> and then they go back to Miss Jackson, who's his his girlfriend, not his fiance, and. Uh, not someone with a uh, first name either, just Miss Jackson. And she insisted, no, this isn't an open relationship. 
but then you see Floyd at the strip club and, and getting massages and, and doing whatever and having 20 different women and sleeping with a woman that he may or may not have hit. And you really have to wonder, what do you mean this isn't an open relationship? What would you call this? Yeah, it's open on one end. Yeah. Like he closed on your side, but yeah. it's open on his. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that was interesting. And then here's, uh, for those, now, Corey, do you, have you watched any of the NBA playoffs? Like I said, I know that's not really your forte. But uh, did you you watch any games any uh, anymore? Just a, you know, just a little bit. Now I am thankful that I don't have to stay up and watch you know fucking Sacramento versus whoever at eleven p.m. Eastern time anymore. But <laughs> I, I followed a little bit. Oh, uh, because uh, the Knicks lost last night, and yes. a party ensued on Twitter that I've never seen before. I joined in. We were out eating. I decided to do the sake sampler which was delicious uh to celebrate the knicks losing um because uh it's fun you know i don't hate knicks fans or the knicks but it is fun when they lose and we can't deny that or else we're not admitting that we like uh the same sport and nobody's more brashly arrogant and overconfident while also being supremely depressed and insecure as a knicks fan it's impossible um, and this is the exact type of Knicks fan that I love to see, uh, in the playoffs. This is a Knicks fan who, after their set, after their first win in the Pacers Knicks series, the one they just lost, uh, it was game two. The Knicks were at home, so they should have won both games, but they lost the first one. They won the second one. This guy picked up his camera and said, Hey, the world needs to know what real Knicks fans are. So let me play something for you guys. Oh, boy. Mellow's a bully. Mellow's a fucking bully. All you fucking Nick haters, suck my dick. Watch and learn. We got a new team, nigga. All that shit y'all talk about, we ain't getting out the first round. See me at the finals, motherfucker. M.I.A., you Miami Heat, nigga, suck my dick. LeBron, you a dick. Wade, you a dick. We coming for you, niggas. You Miami Heat, niggas. New York Knicks. We coming for you niggas. Are you fucking for real? dicks? You see my Knicks? Balling, nigga. Niggas got niggas out there bleeding, nigga. Your man Collison is bleeding, man. She's a war. New York Knicks, nigga. Y'all niggas talk about we ain't getting out the first round. Suck my dick, nigga. New new niggas, nigga. It's new niggas. We run the NBA now, nigga. Straight bullying niggas, nigga. With that nigga Mike Woodson, yeah? Mellow. Mellow. Bully. Chandler. Bully. Kenya Martin. Bully. J.R. Smith, bully. Pigioni, he's fucking taking your cookies. You hear me? Jason Kidd, he's open for three. Copeland, the X Factor. Novak, he's fucking shooting threes all day. Fucking assholes. Knicks, new niggas. Holla at that bench, nigga. That bench is chewing niggas up. My man Mellow's a beast, nigga. All you niggas hating? Suck a D. Swallow a plastic dildo, man. Fucking dicks. Knicks. Fuck a first round, nigga. We going to the finals, man. Y'all niggas is hating. Fucking herbs. 100. Yeah, so. Wow, he had to eat all those words. <laughs> <laughs> was, this, was this gentleman white? No, he was, I wish. Oh, that could only make it better. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looked like he was Puerto Rican or Dominican or light skinned black, right. but so they, yeah, they 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 get a uh, they get a pass when it comes to uh, to right. Arms, right when they when they want to right right like until you call them black, then they be like, "I'm not black, I'm Dominican." You're like, oh, okay then, 
I see you just opting in. But uh yeah, man. I that's guess, a- I, I guess the uh they took their cookies back last night then. Um cause we were talking about <laughs> cookies being stolen and you know, JR out there and, and all that good cookies. That's see, that's why you don't make videos like this. Yeah, J.R. Starks as I like to call him. Um and uh there was plenty of uh plenty of ether to go around the internet, man. I, if you want, guys want to see some good pictures, go to Black Eye Tips uh Facebook page. Uh, as I posted all the pictures I came across that were trolling Knicks fans oh, last they night. They were epic. Uh, and if you're a good one of the good Knicks fans, just think about this asshole. That's what I'm talking to, not you. And if you're one of the bad Knicks fans, I'm also talking about you. Um, <laughs> all right, man, let's get into some articles, man. Uh, you ever heard, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard that, uh, we play a game called Guess the, the Race here, Corey. Yes, yes, of course. Okay, all right, man. Well, this, you batter up, man. It's your first all time right. on the show. You're going to do some, some race guessing, and we're going to cover some stories, too. Now, the first one um, is we've already covered this story before, but I thought about something with the story, so I'm going to read it again. A teenage boy who used an iPad to arrange a meeting with an alleged prostitute ended up with a different experience than he'd intended. The boy, 14, from the Chicago suburb Prospect Heights, set up the intended encounter using a website for sexual liaisons. CBS Chicago reports that the woman arrived at the teenager's home Wednesday. She allegedly sprayed him with pepper spray. That was a detail that wasn't in the first one. Stole the iPad, a piggy bank, and a jar full of money. Oh. Yeah, he was going to pay for that pussy with his piggy bank. Now, I don't know. But like, ma'am, you take quarters. Right. I don't know how expensive this vagina could have been if you're paying (laughs) for it with piggy bank. Ain't that uh, the truth. You know, but uh, police were able to track the suspect when she later used, used the iPad. Her name was Dorica Brooks, 22, of Milwaukee, and was charged with one count of armed robbery. Her bond was set at $10,000. Her next court appearance is May 31st. The teenage victim is safe. Corey, guess the race of Dorica Brooks. Oh, my God. Uh, so this, this is of the, uh, of the prostitute, right? Not yeah. Of the, uh, not of the, uh, the guy buying her. Right, yeah. We don't know what, mm-hmm. what, anything about the kid, really. Uh, okay, she is from Milwaukee. See it. I'm going to say she's white. All right. Going with white for Dorica Brooks. Yeah. I know it doesn't make sense, but yeah, let's, yes. Well, uh, the chat room should already notice because I think we did this story already. Did we do this one already, Karen, or no? Uh, yes, we did, but okay. I, don't, I don't know if we did guess the race on her because I don't think we had picks. Oh, no, we had picks. Okay. Because she had that red hair. Anyway, it's black. But um, what I was thinking is, like, everybody that hears this story, like, Corey, what do you think about this story, man? She robbed a 14-year-old of his piggy bank. And uh, and and his money and his iPad didn't give him no pussy, man. What do you think about the story? Well, I mean, it, she had the choice to do that or sleep with a fourteen-year-old. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess stealing the piggy bank is the lesser of uh, of two evils. I just I just guess why. First of all, you know, when when these questions are posed, you immediately think the opposite of what is supposed to be. But it, but I heard okay, it's a kid from the suburbs mm-hmm. that's ordering someone, and it, she's from Milwaukee. I just. I thought I would take a flyer and, and guess that she was white. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I understand, man. Uh, when I hear Dorica, I normally go white woman, you know. But right. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I w- but what I was thinking was, like, everybody I know that heard the story, and Corey's actually the first person that didn't say it, but they're like, why didn't she fuck that kid? He spent his hard-earned money. I feel bad for this kid. He And I'm like. But she had a conscience. She was like, I'm not going to have sex with you. I'll rob you. 
right but i'm not gonna have sex with you right that's yeah that's a conscience now in 2013 that's sad but that's a true statement what i'm saying here (laughs) sir you crack jokes that's a valid statement but i was thinking like it's amazing how many people really were like why didn't you fuck that 14 year old you know like for do be a pedophile i support that but robbing them that's crazy you know exactly no this is ridiculous now (laughs) this kid also has to learn that you can't be out here on like you can't be ordering people off the internet because how do you know that it's not a trap Right. You know, it's like you, you see that that story with Quentin Groves, the uh, the NFL player who got busted, and you know, it, basically he got roped in, like thinking someone was going to put it out there for a hundred dollars or something like that. Like the, the 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 price didn't make sense, right. and of course then he got caught and it was a sting operation. But first and foremost, what are you doing on the internet doing this? Yeah, you're, you're, leave, you're purposely leaving a paper trail and your number and your voice and everything else. You, you, you got to be a special kind of idiot to do that. Yep, it's like you want to get caught. Like I don't. You do. But uh, yeah, he and and the thing is, the lesson I take from this: don't get your kid an iPad, okay, people. Um. 14 is not mature enough to have an iPad yet. You know, you might have the kind of 14 year old that calls up a hooker and says, uh, please take my piggy bank money. You know, if you have a piggy bank, you probably should not be ordering prostitutes. That's just a general rule I'm yeah. going to go by. Yeah. If you put like this, if your parents have to co-sign, you get in a checkings account. I don't think right. you yeah. need to uh, do this. If you have to pull out the plug from your piggy bank to, <laughs> sh- <laughs> Turn off the lights on it. to shake out some quarters, then uh you probably should not be fucking grown ass women. Um speaking of which, uh we got my man Corey, he's from Toronto and uh there's a little scandal going on in Toronto that I, I had to I had to I found this news article so uh let me play it for everybody. Oh wait, after the sponsor uh message for fifteen seconds. Um Toronto, always trying to make some money off of brother. But uh yeah, um apparently you 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 guys got some uh, a, a mayor and some hot water up there, man. Oh snap. So uh let me uh get the volume on this thing and uh you guys can uh check it out. Wait, why is it doing the uh it's just giving me the ad over and over. Okay, give me one more second. But um, yeah, uh, you got a mayor up there who uh likes to get it in, part of the party scene. Uh, I think this was the he was hanging out in Corey's hood, and uh, oh. that must be where this happened, you know, because it's a little seedy, um, looking area. But um, yeah, this video's not gonna load. Okay, great. Okay, do you want to um, refresh it? Yeah, I'll try refreshing it real quick. See if that works. Live podcasting, y'all. Um. But, uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, he's hanging out with people that drink, uh, plastic bottles of, of vodka, you oh, know? Snap. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not judging people that do it. I'm just saying that's, that's the impression that I get from, uh, watching this guy is he might be hanging out in your hood, plastic bottle of vodka, two liters, you know, like a fucking Coca Cola, um, taking it to the head hanging out till three in the morning with Corey and them um and then getting up doing some mayoring in in, in the area i'm a senior reporter at the toronto star and the toronto star's investigative editor working with my colleague robin duda shout out to morgan over the last uh, two months i've been investigating mayor rob ford and allegations that the mayor has a substance abuse problem of some kind that led us to a, a very unusual meeting in the back seat of a car in a parking lot at a Dixon Road apartment building in northern Etobicoke, we were shown a shocking video. The video, uh, which appears to be real, shows Mayor Rob Ford in a room, his shirt open, lolling back in his chair, and 
appears to be smoking a crack pipe. The man in the video, who we believe is Mayor Rob Ford, appears stumbling, he seems incoherent, he rambles. At one point, he appears to call Liberal leader Justin Trudeau a fag. Mayor Ford ends this segment on camera, which lasts only 90 seconds, by being startled when he hears a telephone ring. He looks directly into the camera and says, that thing better not be recording. After watching the video three times, Robin Doolittle and I made our own separate notes of the event and what we saw on the screen. For the star.com. So yeah. Um, wow. Y'all, 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 y'all got that uh, Marion Barry going on up there, bro? <laughs> I mean, he is the, he is constant fun in the in the media. Like this is a guy who if you're not familiar with Rob Ford, if you're not from Canada, this is a guy who this has been reported that he's had a substance abuse problem for a while. It's kind of been hinted at that he had he's had a cocaine problem. Uh he has been blasted drunk at government events. He has skipped work so that he can coach high high school football, you know, like skipped important government meetings and whatnot. Uh, he has a daughter who plays in the lingerie football league. You know, it, it, if he weren't in politics, he would just be that guy with his shirt open, slumped in the chair, and, and smoking crap. The only thing that keeps him mildly civil is the fact that he, happen, he has this job, which happens to be the mayor of Toronto. My question with this wow. story is, if you're, going to, if you're the mayor and you're going to smoke crack, and in, in the story that Gawker put up, I guess there's a whole bunch of other kind of Toronto area celebrities that are smoking crack as well. But why are you smoking crack at the crack house? Yeah. Just take the crack and go somewhere else. That's what, of course you're going to get caught and something weird's going to happen there. Take your shit and get out of there. That's when and, you're at the, that's when you're at your rock bottom though. When you want to do crack so bad, you don't even feel like you need a way out. You're just like, oh, I got my crack. Can I just do it right here? You know? Right. And, and, and when you're making small talk, like sharing your feelings with other crackheads, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you think as like a distinguished politician, you'd have some, you'd have some friends that could, could stay on your conversation level. No, he's, he's, he's slumming with the, uh, with the crackheads instead. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, he, he should have just taken his stuff and, and gotten out of there. But the other funny part, is that he freaks out when the camera's on, thinking that someone's recording him, which is yes. what they were. But he didn't have a problem posing for a picture with the two guys that sold him crack. Right. And one of them got, like, killed the other day or something. and like One of them got killed, and the other guy's, like, a known crack dealer. Yeah. Wow. So at, at bare minimum, bare minimum, that picture's going to come out somehow, and he's going to be standing posing with the crackhead at the crack house. You know, that's the best case scenario that he, comes out of this. Yeah, in the conversation, he's talking to the crackhead. He goes, I'm fucking right wing. Everyone expects me to be right wing. I'm supposed to be this great. And then his voice trails off. Um, so that lets you know right there, like, uh, he's, like, he's even saying, like, look, I'm supposed to be a hardcore against this shit. But, uh, anyway, past that crack rock. Um, later on, he's heard calling Trudeau a fag. And <laughs> I would love to hear the context of that. I hate that they only put just fag in there instead of being like, because he wouldn't take another hit of crack or something like that. Um, and later in the 90 second video, he's asked about the football team and he appears to say, though he is mumbling, they are just fucking minorities. So oh, in a room, he took full a shot of, at everybody, didn't he? And I'm sure a crack did not to be too stereotypical. Probably a room full of minorities. Just saying. Probably a room full of minorities. Yeah. You know? So he's, he's he's really this guy likes to take risks. You know he's uh, he's sort of there. Too. <laughs> this is a guy who every single year throws a house party 
for all of his voters, for anyone that supports him. It's like called a Ford Day, or I forget what the, na- the name of the party is. It's just at his house. It's just yeah. a giant keg party in, in his backyard. This is our mayor. Yeah. Wow. And I, I like, I like also that as he's saying this shit and offending everyone in the room, that there's just gotta be someone there like, keep rolling. You know, just, just keep recording. Don't worry about anything he's saying. He's like, you know what else I hate? Niggers. Just keep recording. Nobody move. No one get mad. We're about to get rich, um, by selling this to some newspaper. Um, all right. Another thing, uh, I knew Corey would, would appreciate this. Uh, have you heard about the Google Glass, uh, app thing where you put the glasses on your face and you see all kinds of crazy shit with Google? I certainly have. All right. Well, I don't want that. You knew it was going to happen and, uh, it didn't take too long. Apparently porn and Google Glass make a good pair. Understandably, of course they do. Yeah. Of course they do. Listen, people don't understand that porn is at the cutting edge of basically every technology. Yeah. You know, like when, we, when we went to DVD, it was because people want porno DVDs. When right. we went to Blu-ray, it was because porn went to, to Blu-ray. And then when Blu-ray died, it was because people were like, oh, why don't I just buy porn DVDs instead? Mm-hmm. People always buy porno. And they're always these, – these people are smart, man. I mean, yeah. they might fuck each other for a living, but they are smart people. Yeah, exactly. That's my point, man. Um, there's just something about the new camera video database, Google Glass, that makes people think it's a, about its infinite porn potential. But it's not just a pipe dream of the horny consumers. In- industry players have also been eyeing the high-tech glasses for their porn-friendly technology. To really know the, for their full potential, you'll need to get a pair to play around with. But we're already dreaming up ways to use the glasses to get shots, sex-related and otherwise, that just aren't feasible using traditional camera setup, you know? So maybe POV porn can go to the next level. Um, oh, because you like got it right there, literally at, at your eye view. Right. Maybe you'll even be interactive where you can switch to different, uh, people's point of view during your taping where you like, Oh, let me see what the guy's looking at. Let me see what the chick's looking at. Oh, no, I got sperm in my uh, camera. But, um, you know, <laughs> I think people could be, could be into it, man. Um, so, uh, it's, it's, it, it really would take POV porn to the next level. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. people already shell out a whole bunch of money to, for DVDs that are like that where you can switch positions with Tory Black or, you know, yep. whatever. And if you had a set of glasses on, I mean, I, I'd watch. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm like, I'm for this and I'm glad. And, uh, even better is going to be like, instead of just watching it on your TV, you're going to put the glasses on. So it's like, you're going to really be fucking Tory Black or, you know, whoever you're into at these point at this point in time. Here, here's the better part too, because it's just in your glasses, right? Nobody has to know if you're right. watching porno. You could be anywhere. Exactly. You'd be sitting on the bus, smoking crack with the mayor of Toronto, watching <laughs> porn. Nobody right. would know. It, it, you know. It's like you know when, when you put those like googly eye glasses on, so nobody knows that you're sleeping. You could be watching, you know, Tory Black anal adventures, whatever, just sitting <laughs> on the bus riding <laughs> to work. Exactly, exactly, man. You be watching mom POV, literally. Um, <laughs> so uh, a, a steak and shake server, because uh, we cover this kind of news here at the Blackout Tips. Uh, a, a, a lady who works at Steak and Shake received uh, a pretty, pretty hefty tip. Let me uh, play this news article. Pretty epic news music. If you're anything like me, when you dine at a restaurant, you let your butler settle the bill and thus never see the actual price of the Perrier Jouet Belle Poque Blanc de Blanc you were sipping. Who's this talking? But one lady in Indiana does actually read her bill after she's done eating. Someone trying to be funny, I guess, but uh, I, just, I gotta play this clip because it's awesome. And pays for it herself. Weird. 
Oh, and said customer left a very generous tip, which takes us to today's story. C.C. Bruce, a two-year server at the Steak and Shake in Indianapolis, Indiana, was overwhelmed by a huge tip left by a regular customer. Miss Joe, who commonly eats her Wednesday breakfast at the restaurant, watched as her waitress got a hard time from diners at another table. When the time came for the regular to pay her $5.97 check, she left a tip that shocked Cece. The server told WTHR 13. At first I thought it was $46, and I said, wow, Miss Joe, you know, that's really generous. But the gratuity was actually much larger, $446, amounting to an over 7,000% tip. And just in case you were thinking, okay, CC seems nice, but you can't be that nice, just listen to what CC told WISH News 8. We kind of had this little back and forth argument because I said, Miss Joe, I can't accept that. And she says, yes, you can. You can take that. I, I gave it to you. You can take it. On News Audience, I formally nominate CC Bruce for president. She's the best around. Then the server humbly said, I didn't think I was worth $400, but, you know, apparently she feels that I am. Let me clarify. I nominate her for president of the world. You're worth a million. <laughs> All right. So um, enough snarkiness. But, yeah, man, a 7,000% tip. Um, and shout out to that lady. Like, I actually got bigger tips one time when I got cussed out um, my first day on the job at mm-hmm. IHOP. Uh, some dude was being a fucking dick face to me and, uh, shout out to his woman for sitting there and not saying anything, uh, coward. But, um, so, uh, yeah, and everybody saw how shitty I got treated and then people started leaving bigger tips. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I never got $450 in tips, but Mm-mm. still, I think, uh, people can be sympathetic to the fact that, you know, you make $2 an hour and rely on tips and someone's being a dick in a fucking steak and shake. I mean, it's like going to McDonald's and like they have waiters in steak and shake. That's really like a McDonald's with waiters. Yes, so it is. like treating them like shit is just so fucking like rude and inappropriate. And I'm glad that she got this big ass tip, man. Um, may, may I ask why $446 though? Because even rounded up with the cost of her steak and her shake, it, it doesn't come to around. It's like it's not $450. It's like right. she just pulled out whatever cash she had and just, you know, in, in some coins and whatnot and said, here you go. Yeah, it is. Like maybe the other part of this story is that that lady only had, uh, $451.97 in her bank account. And then she went home and killed herself that day because she was like, I'm giving it all away. But hey, I don't need to know that part. I just know she's a hero because she hooked up CC Bruce. Now, guess the race of CC Bruce. Corey, you didn't see that twist coming, did you? No. Well, uh, I will say that she is black. All right. Let's check the chat room and see what they think CC Bruce's uh, race is. Um, a cricket from the dark side of the moon. Okay. Sounds like a black lady. All right, all right. So some people ready. Waffle House Black. Waffle House Black. That's a good one. She was a uh, steak and shake black though. No, I'm just kidding. Black Queen. She was nice. Uh, the correct answer is black. She was an African American waitress who got seven thousand percent tip. Excellent. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this too, um, but um, apparently uh, Kanye West was on Saturday Night Live last night, and uh, he also unveiled his newest video uh new slaves on saturday night um at like 67 locations at the same time oh, so uh, beaming everywhere yeah he just like play like it was just like they had they hooked up some speakers and they pr- t- put a projector and it's just like his face 
on different walls and stuff and people play the the video you can hear the audio i will play some new slaves for you because this is my new hot fire make some white people mad uh music oh snap uh because everybody hates when anyone says anything is like slavery uh because it's the the one institution in america where we all respect what no one can talk about right <laughs> it's like it's like well you know man these athletes get treated like slaves how dare you slaves got treated like slaves okay well let's talk about how slaves got treated no 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 let's not so My mama was raised in the era when clean water was only served to the fairest skin. Doing clothes you would have thought I had hell, but they wasn't satisfied unless I picked the cotton myself. You see, it's broke, nigga racing, that's that don't touch anything in the stove. And it's rich, nigga racing, that's that come in peace by mo. All right, that's, that's, that's the one from Toronto. So, um... Uh, it was also unveiled at Wrigley's Field in Chicago. Wow. Hell, but they wasn't satisfied unless I picked the cotton myself. You see, it's broke, nigga racing, that's that don't touch anything in the snow. And it's rich, nigga racing, that's that come in piece by mo. What you want? A Billy Kirk coat, a diamond chain? All you blacks want all the same thing. It's the money be niggas. Everybody playing. Spending anything on Alexander Wayne, new slaves. Yeah, so that's my um Hot Fire Make Em Mad uh song of the year. And I haven't even heard the actual song version, just the shitty ass like recorded on the street from my iPhone version. And and uh cuz I'm positive this is going to piss the most people off. It it's called New Slaves. Oh, well, actually it's called actually it's called like Black Skinhead. But um he, he throws out that New Slaves. The chorus is you see his leaders and his followers but I'd rather be a dick than a swallower. So, uh, yeah, people hate when Kanye West is mad. They feel like he's too rich to be mad about shit. And uh, I absolutely can't wait to be singing this every day and pissing off random white people. So The thing I can't say about Kanye West, honestly, this is a genius. This is almost like when Michael Jackson used to do his videos, how everything would stop. Because mm-hmm. basically, if you're walking down the street and all of a sudden a Kanye West face pops up on the side of fucking Wrigley Field, guess what? Folks going to stop and they're going to look. Like, mm-hmm. I really think as far as marketing, this is actually genius. It's going to get people talking about him, regardless if they haters or not. Guess what? Yeah. Everybody's talking about and him. And my, my opinion is still Kanye West is the most relevant and accurate representation of middle class black America um, going, period. Like, even with him being rich, his mentality is still everything that is great about blackness in America, everything that, uh, you know, is annoying or problematic too. Like, uh, he's never done anything, in my opinion, that I have not seen other people do, um, as far as just regular people and regular mm-hmm. people say they hate him, but you can't deny his talent, you know, nope. and you can't deny, uh, you know, that he does have the ability to, uh encapsulate all these emotions and stuff he's a guy that's looking for a cause looking for a struggle uh but at the same time extremely entitled but at the and brilliant but also extremely insecure and and flawed and uh still trying to define himself by his possessions and his worth and his woman and and his money and shit like that but at the same time uh defined by his 
talent like no other so uh work you know a work ethic that is unparalleled in in rap um who what other rapper is putting out these albums every year just top i mean from from my my beautiful dark twisted fantasy to watch the throne to cruel summer to his latest album like who the fuck works like that you know what i mean yeah and and i guess my thing too and something you tweeted and and people joked about it but this is a true statement kanye west is one of those things where People don't appreciate greatness and people don't appreciate talent and people don't appreciate watching history in the moment until that person's dead. And he's one of them people where it wouldn't surprise me if he uh, is one of the greatest, You're but right. you won't. But people won't even acknowledge that until he's gone. Right. Hey, Corey, man, don't type so hard, man. You type hard as shit. Um, <laughs> is it coming yeah. through the speakers? Yeah, yeah. It's like, clack, 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 clack. I was like, hold oh, on. God. Uh, um, um, no, I mean, the, the entitlement you'll see is from white people when this song really comes out and whatnot because we have this ridiculous don't look at me bullshit attitude when it comes to these particular topics. So, yeah, that's, yeah you'll, you'll see. People will get super mad. I can't wait. I can't wait. And it looks like it's going to be his single. He did this shit. He performed this on Saturday Night Live last night. The balls on this dude, man. Like, like, oh, uh, and the thing is, like, um, people are so, so mad about it. It's like, it just sounds like more Kanye West self-absorbed bullshit. But like, he'll just throw in little shit. Like he says, um, uh, 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 I move my family away. So they, I move my family out the country so they can't see where I stay. So go and grab the reporters so I can smash the recorders. Yeah, they confuse us with bullshit like the New World Order. Meanwhile, the DEA teamed up with the CCA. That's uh like the federal corrections people. So like prison industry trying to lock niggas up. They trying to make new slaves. Uh, So they see that's the private on prison. Get your peace today. Like, dude, that shit is fucking sick. To just throw in the middle of this song and I, people are just going to be like, I'm so tired of his arrogance. I'm like, dude, that he's spitting real shit. That's some like if Chuck D said that everybody be like, mm hmm. But Kanye West like says he's it. twisting over it. Yeah. They're like, but look, he has on a kilt. You know what I mean? Like, God damn. <laughs> I love that dude. What a shit starter. Um, yeah, people should use Saturday Night Live like this way more often. You know, most people just come out and just perform their, their stuff, uh, their new single or whatever, verbatim like it is on the album. But you should do stuff like Kanye is doing. Or I don't know if you saw Miguel's performance on there, but he switched stuff up, you know, and yeah. he actually performed like it was a performance. I don't know why. Most artists don't use the platform, right. I don't think, as well as they could. They play it so safe. They lip sync. They... Yeah, you're right. I, you're live. You watch a bunch of people who never see you are going to watch you. Like, do some shit that makes people remember you. Don't just do some whack ass songs. Like, no one, most people are going to skip past that. Um, exactly. Two people got arrested with the baby in the car. Time for some guests to race again. Oh, snap. Two men are in custody after police say they were in a vehicle with drugs and a nine month old baby. Wow. Police stop. Did the, did the baby had a drug stopped in his diapers? Poe baby. Poe baby got these two men arrested. It was the baby from Dave Chappelle stand up. Yep, standing outside on the corner. I'm selling rocks. Uh, police stopped a white 2005 Nissan Altima on the upper, on upper avenue after officers observed it traveling on the wrong side of the street. Wow. With a baby in it. Police said the front seat passenger Andrew C. Atwell, 31, was observed trying to conceal drugs in a backpack as officers approached the vehicle. Police say the rear seat passenger, nine the nine-month-old son of the driver, Craig C. Harns, was strapped into his car seat. Jail caps of heroin. I didn't even know you could get those. Jail caps? 
Yeah. What are they squeezable? I don't understand. We done stepped up our heroin games for Flintstone kids. Oh um, snap! But yeah, jail caps of heroin are um are uh, were were there and uh and and also some uh clonazepam pills were found. I don't even know what the heck that is. Um, and uh, they were arrested on suspicion of drug possession and child endangerment. Corey, guess the race. Ah, uh, this is a white guy. Absolutely, these are white people. Oh, okay, so you're man. You, I've ne- that's the surest you've been so far. I know he was 100 percent confident, Wendy. Yeah, so Listen, let me- they, you know they have all these like designer drugs and whatnot. This is yeah, this is absolutely a white guy. All right, let me check the uh, chat room and see what they think. Uh, whiter than Corey in a snowstorm. Uh, John Goodman and Nick Cage raising Arizona white. A nigga who picked up the big kid for this weekend while the baby mama hits the club. Trailer park cheese eating devoid of teeth white dudes. Breaking Bad uh, White, two men and a baby white. Uh, I agree with your esteemed guest, white dudes. And Sonya says, Wigger, the dudes had jobs and were watching their son, not black. Cracker, uh, how, oh Lord. I like how Corey typed slower instead of softer. Yeah, I agree. Seaman White. <laughs> the correct answer is, uh, white, man. So, um, and you know what? I'll do one more story. We'll get out of here. Okay. We're going to wrap this up. This last story. This is for double the racism points, Corey. Uh, All right. You missed a couple early, but we're going to get you back in the game. Uh, an Imokali woman who is accused of throwing a kitchen knife at her longtime boyfriend. Oh, snap. Throwing a knife. That's, that's, Ooh, that's, that's when you really ninja mad. stuff. Yeah. She told detectives she became enraged when he passed gas in her face <laughs> while they were watching TV Tuesday night. Deborah Ann Burns, Deborah Ann Burns, 37, said that when she confronted her 53-year-old boyfriend, now that's a little too old to be playing the fart game, isn't it? I think so, too. He's just a kid at heart. Uh, when she confronted him about the flatulence, he told her to shut up. And the two began arguing at some point, and it, they ended up in the kitchen. Now, Corey, you and your girl, you ever get into it, you know, over, over your farting? No, no. I, 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 listen, that... I am not a bathroom humor guy at all, so you're not gonna you're gonna not gonna find me doing that. Yeah, me too, man. I, I I'm not big into like, yeah, let me go fart in my girl's face. It'll be no. hilarious. Oh no, that's that's not hilarious. Uh, the boyfriend was later found outside of the home with a small knife wound to his stomach. Uh, oh, she must have caught him. Burns told detectives her boyfriend was the one who wielded the knife, but he told deputies it was Burns who threw the eight inch knife, the kitchen knife, at his stomach. The victim said Burns then left through the back door, but shortly returned through the front door in an attempt to get back inside the home. The couple's fight continued to escalate with Burns eventually picking up a stick and hitting her boyfriend's arm. She ran away from the home before deputies arrived, but they later found her on the 600 block of West Delaware Avenue. Burns is being held at the Naples Jail Center on $50,000 bond. Guess the race of Deborah Ann Burns, knife thrower. Oh my gosh! Okay, the my my first instincts are that this sounds like a like a slovenly white person thing to do, you know, like a you know a, a John Goodman type that would do this <laughs> kind of thing. But the fact that she wants nothing to do with it kind of indicates that this isn't your typical middle America slovenly white couple. That she would get so mad about it because if this were like your you know your usual like sloppy white guy they would both giggle and you know they would be oh these farts are funny and maybe i'll do it in return hmm. i'm gonna say that this is a black woman then all right let's check the chat room redskin niggas 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 
a member of the hidden leaf village ran out of kunai's white coon coon black sound like a white girl with daddy issues let's see throwing a knife using a switch to hit someone with running from the cops yeah that's a nigga debbie is a colored lady aj nothing but a number (laughs) they were watching bleach white dutch oven nah dark oven darky oven she black and black and uh yeah yeah whoever said black got it right Correct, um, Corey. So, bonus Corey, points. Yeah, yes. bonus points. And, uh, of course, uh, very last thing, uh, sword ratchetness. Can't never have a show without talking about it. Making people aware that swords are out here hurting a lot of people. Yes. We need sword legislation. Uh, I'd say international sword legislation because this shit even happens in Canada, man. We need stricter. Mm-hmm. We get stories from y'all too. Yeah, we got an NRA, but not an NSA uh that comes that does soars we have the other nsa that uh does space shit but um anyway uh bevan ash received four weeks imprisonment thank god four weeks right got him off the street for four weeks are we really gonna treat this like a fucking crime you can't shoot someone that only get four weeks anyway a drunk who sparked fears of a robbery when he entered an ipswich kebab shop with a small samurai sword has been jailed Bevan Ash received four weeks imprisonment when he appeared before Southeast Suffolk Magistrates Court in Ipswich. The 49-year-old admitted possessing an offensive weapon in a public space. Ash, of no fixed address, or must be homeless, was arrested at 8.50 p.m. April 14th. Police said they were called to the, by the staff at Perfect Kebabs in Falcon Street. After Ash went into the shop, officers were told a man had gone into the takeaway restaurant and had to open up his coat to reveal a samurai sword to the workers. When police arrived, they found an intoxicated Ash who had walked away from the shop, past the old cattle market bus station, and then outside of Best Kebabs in Dog's Head Street. An 11-inch, 11-inch samurai sword was found in his clothing. People, wow! if you have loved ones who are, Corey, do you own a sword? Uh, no, I don't. There's, there's, why would you own a sword? Right, okay, just checking. Uh, if you have loved ones who own a sword, get them help. Talk to them. Crazy shit always pops off when you have sword owners around. Um, all right, guys, don't forget to check out Corey. He's at Corey underscore Erdman on Twitter. He's on, uh, the Fight Network. He's on, uh, uh, hold on. Where's my notes? He's on the Fight Network. He's on Ring TV. Um, and, uh, he's also on YouTube and, uh, he writes for Ring Magazine. Um, and like Bo always, Bo is always glowing over this dude. Yes, and he saying is. That. He's, he's gonna, gonna do great things, yeah, and I be, believe it. You're the chosen one, Corey, and uh, it's up to you to bring everyone else with you. So, uh, you're the, the 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 Morning Jones Messiah. So, no pressure, no pressure. None, no, no, I'm I'm not feeling any, and uh, I wish that I could bring everyone with me to tonight's old school, high school style keg party for my friend's birthday. He's throwing it at his parents' place in the backyard with the Red Cups, going back to my hometown of Kitchener. Where uh, I will probably have a story or two after that one. Well, the good news is once an inevitable fight breaks out at this party, you can score it, and uh, I think that's cool. <laughs> um, that's true. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be the one getting into a fight. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, you know what? I got to give it to my man. Nah, 10 to 9 you know sorry buddy. plastic bottle vodka makes me happy i don't, don't want to fight anyone <laughs> so yeah and check out shadow productions dot uh dot com for all that stuff and then make sure you go to youtube and check out the trailer like i said i'll be putting it on our social media sites continue to sign up for the blackout tips premium get me to 100 and i'll get you video of me getting a tattoo and probably crying like a bitch yes i'll probably be shooting the camera yeah so that'll be awesome um so until then uh we'll talk to you guys tomorrow at 9 Mm p.m 
Um, so, uh, until tomorrow, love you. You too, baby. Mwah.